Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. We are here to break down the Ravens' 33-19 win over the San Francisco 49ers and turn the page quickly, as the Ravens are, to set up and preview this game against the Miami Dolphins in a win-and-get-the-top-seed game for the Ravens. So, Garrett, let's start off with breaking down this 49ers game. I'm still kind of spinning. My head's spinning about that third quarter. It was so unbelievably great. But I think what everybody wants to talk about and know is how did Mike McDonald and this Ravens defense slow down the mighty 49ers offense? Because we got another good offense coming to town Mm -hmm. with Miami. How did they do it against the 49ers? This really was a showcase game for Mike. I mean, I think Mike's been a great coordinator, and that's been the secrets out on that. That's been the case all season long. But his ability to make life really hard on Brock Purdy and that offense as a whole, I think, speaks to just the quality of the coordinator that he is. So I know we're going to get into the tape, but I, I think that, like, this is this is this is the resume game for Mike McDonald, and there was the clip. I don't know if you saw it at the end of the game where he was really fired up, gave a big high five to Anthony Weaver. Those are two guys who are really the the key leader coaches. Two of the leader coaches, obviously Mike is the coordinator, Anthony Weaver is an assistant head coach of this team. Those guys really are, are the leaders of this defense, and it was awesome to see that moment between the two of them. That's the most fired up I've ever seen Mike McDonald get. Yeah, he's he's, he's usually mild mannered. He's dude. pretty mild mannered, but when you just go in to San Francisco's house and you get five interceptions in that game and shut down that offense, yep. there, there's uh, that's reason to get a little fired up. And he sealed it with a pick. Marcus yeah, exactly. Williams sealed it with a pick. That's when he had that reaction. So, very cool moment. Looking at what the Ravens did against the 49ers, there are a few distinct changes from their MO this season. The biggest which of which was their use of zone coverage. Mm-hmm. So the Ravens have been in the middle of the pack this year in terms of zone versus man coverage. They were in zone coverage 82% of the time against the Dolphins. That's the second highest rate they've had all season. A lot of that. And I think primarily because the 49ers... A, diverse set of weapons could, can line up anywhere and all their pre-snap motion. No team in the NFL coming into that game used more pre-snap motion than the 49ers. They can do all that. They can move it all around, put all the window dressing all over it. But if the Ravens are just sitting back in zone, you don't have those busted coverages that the 49ers have gotten so many times mm-hmm. against other teams. right? And, and you don't have... Obviously, the Ravens, there's still a lot of communicating that needs to happen. But you're just not as susceptible to breakdowns in on the back end when you're playing in zone coverage versus man. It's not as much following around, needing to shadow guys. Yeah, the other part of it too is, historically speaking, zone, 
allows you in a lot of situations to come away with more takeaways. Right. I go back two years when Wink McDonald, uh, Wink Martindale, Martindale sorry. <laughs> Wink McDonald just blends her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When Wink Martindale was defensive coordinator here, the Ravens were much more of a man-heavy team, obviously blitzed a ton. Then Mike came in, they went more zone coverage, and, and this was a, another evolution of that going even more zone than they typically do. But going with that zone approach often allows you to get more turnovers, yep. and we saw that in this game with five takeaways. Now, I don't think that you can expect five interceptions every single game or anywhere close to it. Some of those were the result of batted passes going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But the Ravens also got their hands on those balls too. So I, I think that the zone coverage did help on the turnover front in this game. Yeah, I would agree with that. The Ravens also, you, you combine that with the pressure rate that they had. They had a 56% pressure rate, only blitz 21% of the time. That's not a high blitz rate for them. And yet got pressure consistently on Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold when he came into the game. Yeah. So Brock Purdy had his second lowest completion rate of the season. And it was below what was expected. You know, Next Gen Stats puts together these stats of what your expected completion percentage should be. It was eight percentage points below that. Yeah. So the Ravens did a really good job in their zone coverage. And that's one of the strengths of, of this defense that we haven't talked a lot about is the Ravens are known for playing man defense. That's what they generally like in their cornerbacks outside. Big physical guys who can play man. Under Mike McDonald, a, every team in the NFL plays more zone than they do man. The Ravens are in the middle of the pack in, in both categories, zone versus man, and they're doing both at a high level, which allows you to adapt to your opponent. They don't have to play one style of defense, and now the offense can adapt to that and scheme off of that. The Ravens are the ones that can say, all right, what do you do well? We can go either way. We'll play you however we want, mm-hmm. right? Because we can do both at a high level. Go ahead and, and line up. And, and in this game, they obviously determined that zone was the better way to go against the 49ers. To the point that you made about Purdy, I just think as that game went along, he just seemed really uncomfortable. And I think it was probably like a combination of factors. By the end, he, he left the game with the stinger. He did have the stinger last week in last the previous week's game. And I don't know if that affected him at all in this game. But I think that like when you throw four picks... And even when you're we getting to that start point, giving away picks like they're Halloween it just, candy, like you it shakes rattled. your confidence. It For shakes sure. your confidence. And I think that also with the way that the, the physical style that the Ravens play, they're physical with the receivers, they're physical with the tight ends, they're certainly physical with the offensive line getting to the quarterback, and they're putting heat on you. So you have pressure in your face. The Ravens are, are bringing heat not from the blitz, but they're just getting to the quarterback. By the end of the game, the offensive line was banged up too. They're down three starting offensive linemen. So all of those factors, like. Your confidence is shaking a little bit because you're throwing the ball away and you're getting turnovers. You have pressure in your face. Nothing is working on time. Right. I just think all of that... They like, hit some plays, but it wasn't to their usual standards. No, definitely not. You know, And I think I give the defense a lot of credit, too. Like Early in that game, when George Kittle... George Kittle had 91 yards in the first quarter, and I was like, uh-oh. Okay, Kittle looks like he could be in store for a monster game, and he's mm-hmm. capable of that. But they adjusted, and they from that, from that point on, he didn't really hurt them in a big way. Mm-hmm. And so... I just think that basically, like, the way that this defense played, they're an intimidating group that, you know, is physical. And I think that, like, Brock Purdy felt that as well as the rest of that offense. I would agree with that. The other big change for the Ravens' defense was the use of Marlon Humphrey. He had only lined up in the slot on two snaps this whole season. And we've seen him thrive in that role before. Yeah. Uh, But... 
two snaps this year. He's been outside corner almost exclusively. He had 21 snaps in the slot against the 49ers. So putting Marlon closer to the line of scrimmage around the ball to help defend against Christian McCaffrey and their Debo Samuel and all those weapons, getting him closer to the action, George Kittle. Right, a physical cornerback matching up against a physical tight end in George Kittle. That really paid dividends also. You see Marlon, I thought, had arguably his best game of the year. Yeah. Gets an interception off the batted ball from Brandon Stevens on a double corner blitz. Marlon really caused the second inter- interception for Kyle Hamilton, where Brock Purdy's running for his life, scrambling for nine-plus seconds, mm-hmm. and and Marlon Plaster is still on his guy for that long, which is impressive on George Kittle breaks up that pass, pops it up. Kyle Hamilton gets an easy interception. That was really Marlon's play. You yeah. saw some physical plays with him in, in run defense, just smacking offensive linemen that were pulling around. I thought it was really good to see Marlon again in that slot role. I'm not saying we're going to see that all the time moving forward, but to see that the ability for the Ravens to do that, Use Ronald Darby on the outside. I think it was it was pretty cool. The most shocking moment of the game was when Marlon delivered a huge hit against Debo Samuel, and Samuel was able it, to shake it off. It that bounced, was insane. Bounced off. <laughs> that him. was insane. That was nuts. I Sometimes mean, t- Mar- Marlon uh, Marlon is as physical of a corner as you're going to find in the NFL, and he came and he read it perfectly. And I think he was as shocked as everybody else. Like that's one of those highlight reel tapes, yep. highlight reel clips, and. Um, Credit to, to Debo for shaking it off. Debo Samuel's a tank. <laughs> yeah. So so he but but going back to him in the slot, I think that I think that there's two reasons, a couple reasons for him moving in that in that way. One, Arthur Millette missed the game. He came up with an injury during the week, and so he didn't play in the game. Yep. He has been somebody the Ravens have used in there a good bit of a, you know for a good amount of time. Yep. So that's part of it. Um, the other part of it, I agree with you, is that from a matchup standpoint, it just made sense. The other factor here too is like. It's always putting Marlon in the slot is something they've done throughout his career, but it has always been kind of based on like Mike McDonald's defense. And even before Mike, the Ravens have tried to like put the best secondary out on the field. And if Marlon in the slot allows them to have the best secondary on the field, that's what they're going to do. And so he's missed a lot of time this year with injuries. So there just hasn't been as many opportunities to put him out there in the slot as, as there have been in previous years. I think part of it, what I'm trying to say is like, I think part of it is just the nature of it made sense in this game based from a matchup standpoint. And now he had yeah. the chance to do it. Well, and they still wanted to be able to use Kyle Hamilton all over the yeah. formation, the defensive formation, which paid off, right? Kyle Hamilton gets the interception in the end zone on their opening drive. He's playing deep safety on that, reading the quarterback, looking for work. That's how he got the interception. If he's playing the slot with Arthur Millette out, if Kyle Hamilton has to play in the slot 100% of the snaps, he's not back there to make mm-hmm. that play, right? Kyle Hamilton, by the way, we talked about him a lot entering this game as the X factor against the 49ers defense, and he had a great game. He was the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Capital, Two, capital X. Yes, capital X, exactly. <laughs> it had a fantastic game. Two interceptions, was all over the place. His snap count, where he was used, is ridiculous. He had one snap at defensive tackle, (laughs) two at inside linebacker, six at edge, nine at safety, 14 at outside linebacker, and 15 in the slot. Yeah. I don't know that there's another player in the league who could do that. insane. Yeah. It's crazy. So, uh, you know, Kyle Hamilton... They want to be able to use it. He's the Swiss Army knife. He's Mr. Can, can do it all. And if you sit there and pigeonhole him into the slot because you're missing Arthur Millette, then you're only, he's playing with one arm behind his back. 
Uh-huh. And so I thought that was another reason why they wanted to use Marlon in the slot. And that puts Ronald Darby on the outside. And, and you still, Geno Stone still played 80% of the snaps too. So you're utilizing all your talented players. Yeah, you want to get the best players on the field. I mean, Hamilton is... is Insane. I know that you mentioned it on the post game podcast that you know there's you could maybe start making the case and you could throw out some whispers of him being in the defensive player oh, of the year whispering. conversation. I'm not whispering. I mean, realistically, he, he he's not going to win defensive player of no, the year. Not, but I'm not whispering. But but I think that there is a case to be made for him that he's been the most valuable defensive player on this team, and yeah. and and his versatility is greater than anybody else in the NFL. I, I would. I, I just go back to like when, there's no argument when it comes to that. Like I don't know anybody else who can do what he can do. I mean, honestly, on the offensive side of the ball, it's probably Debo Samuel, and like yeah, from a versatility de- standpoint, defensively, yeah, who defensively, has the versatility of Kyle Hamilton. Who else in the league? I don't know anybody. Derwin James? Yeah, right. Maybe. Right. Micah Parsons is a pretty versatile player, but he's not dropping back in coverage. Too not often. playing safety. <laughs> he's not dropping back in coverage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the front seven, he's very versatile. But yeah. No, I mean Kyle Hamilton. Look, Kyle's not going to have the the stats at the end of the day. Now, when you get two interceptions, he's got four on the year now. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's got you know he's got sacks, tackles for loss. It's spread wide. Usually, though, when you're not when you don't have that signature thing where you're getting fifteen plus sacks, it's hard to get defense player of the year. Yeah, and and it's a second season, so I think that like now you put yourself in the conversation of being like one he's of the best be defensive players. He's, he's probably, probably be a pro an all pro. He should be an all pro. He should absolutely be an all pro. And so once you start to get those accolades, that can typically lead to more of the defense of the player of the year type awards. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now flipping it over to the offensive side of the ball, Lamar Jackson had his MVP night. It was mm-hmm. an MVP Christmas. For Lamar Jackson. And what I see from him is a real comfort in the pocket, even when things are breaking down. And to me, that's the biggest difference from previous seasons, even earlier this year, when I think back to the loss against the Colts, is his ability to remain calm and make plays, even when there's bodies flying all around him. And part of that, I think, is his faith in the interior offensive line holding up against interior pressure up the middle. The Ravens are getting some pressure off the edges. That's going to happen when you're playing against Nick Bosa. I do think Ronnie Stanley and Morgan Moses had definitely better games than the previous week against Jacksonville. thought they played significantly better and kudos to them. They only Ravens only gave up two sacks, none to Bosa. Mm -hmm. So on the edges, I think it was pretty good. But even when there was pressure off the edges, Lamar has a lot of confidence in his blockers up the middle that he now is finding those escape hatches. And he just looks so under control and poised in those scenarios. Fumbles were a problem earlier this year. Knock on wood, he's doing a really good job of protecting the ball, escaping pressure, extending the play. And like Todd Munkin said, he's a two-play quarterback. And I don't care how good the opposing defense is. Those guys can't cover for nine seconds. Yeah. When the first play breaks down, and now it's just backyard football scramble drill, it doesn't really matter how good their scheme is and how good their pre-snap communication is and that they're making the right checks and all that stuff. They're just the guy trying to chase another dude at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And so the Ravens are, are, I think that was a huge part in this game, was making extended plays, making plays out of that in, in the second play. And... You see Lamar Jackson doing that at an elite level right now. 
Well, but you on the long run, the thirty-one yard run that he had, which was ridiculous. He's weaving in and out of traffic, yeah. and he turns it up at the right time, and he has great speed. And <laughs> the funny thing was, Fred well, that's Warner. what I was going to say. Like Fred Warner's like chasing him down. He's like, all right, I got it, guys. I got it, my guy, my guy. Okay, nope, and he just makes him look silly. Full on blitz, thinking he's going to hit Lamar yep. Jackson, just square him up in the open field. No, and that's the thing. It's like you have Fred Warner is uh, one of the best linebackers in the game. He's yep. one of the best, beside you know behind our him. guys. Yeah. But Warner's a great player. And you've seen this when, when Lamar makes great players look silly, which he has done. He's done it to Warner. He's done it to TJ Watt. He's done it to guys throughout his career. Nick Bosa on the Gus touchdown yeah, run. Like, he's just done this. And, like, for his, his ability to take the best athletes in the world, the best players in the NFL, and make them look silly or outrun them or juke them in the open field is second to none. And, it's, and, and that's why... If he's leading the way in the MVP conversation, like he showed everybody in that game that he should be the MVP. Absolutely. And some of the continuing to make off platform, ridiculous throws, the one to Isaiah likely yet again, it just looked cool. Just what? It was, was just a sidearm. Look cool. Flow. Sidearm across his bot, cross yeah. body leaping, you know, in midair throw ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Great catch by Isaiah Likely also. Yeah. But it's just every week. It's every week that you see these plays being made. And and to me, that's the mark of an MVP is he's making something out of... I, I don't want to say nothing because that's not the case. And, and when you do go back and watch some of these plays, and it deserves a shout-out here, <laughs> I love to go on Next Gen Stats and you they have all the dots, right? And, they, and it traces all the dots routes. You would not draw it up this way. <laughs> we got swirls. We got whoop-de-whoops. It's all over the place. And and that's a credit to, again, the two-play quarterback and the Ravens adapting to what Lamar Jackson is doing so well right now. And these wide receivers continuing to run these routes and get open. It's, mm-hmm. They've turned the scramble drill into an art. Yeah. And not just mad chaos. Yeah. And when you look at some of these extended plays that they're hitting on, and you're looking at the route trees, you're seeing all the work that goes into it from the receiver standpoint. I mean, to be honest, like if if you look at the past <clears throat> five, ten years in the NFL, the teams that can master the art of the scramble drill have been among the best. Like look at Mahomes and what they've done with Kelsey and and Tyreek Hill before he was in Miami. Yep. Like, and they've talked about that, but so much of their success has been on the broken play where Mahomes scrambles and then finds Kelsey for 15 yards over the middle of the field. Yep. That is something that is so valuable, and the Ravens are building that with Lamar and these receivers. Well, remember when Todd Munkin first came in, he talked about like the five tenets of what makes a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. One of which, most of them are obvious: decision making, accurate, you know, throwing the ball, all that kind of stuff. One of which was the ability now to extend plays. To be able to extend plays with your legs is, he believes, one of the the most important things for any quarterback, and and that's not a any revolutionary statement. Mm -hmm. The NFL has largely gotten away from the pocket statue passer. Lamar Jackson is the epitome of that. Yeah. His ability, he's got that in spades. Yeah. And the Ravens are really leaning into that. And that's not to say that he's not making plays on time as well in just the called passing game because he is, but their ability now to really capitalize on his ability, not just to take off and run, but extend plays and throw is remarkable. Can I just give a shout out to Munkin too? Because that 
touchdown pass to Zay Flowers when you watch it back really was a thing of beauty. Like yes. Lamar was excellent in this game and he deserves all the credit that he's getting. That but I also open. think that like we've talked about having things develop on time and like Lamar makes things happen when nothing's there, but sometimes things are there. And that play was a perfect example of it. Really well drawn up by Munkin. He got he sucked in the entire defense. Everybody was yep. moving towards Gus Edwards on that fake and then Zay Flowers fake toss to the right. Fake toss to the right to Gus Edwards, everybody comes running towards Gus Edwards, and then Lamar drops back and hits Zay Flowers wide open. Can't get any more wide open in the end zone. Yep. Zay knew it basically as soon as he was off the line of scrimmage. His hand went up. He did the Isaiah Likely. Throw the <laughs> hand up immediately when you cross the line of scrimmage, and Lamar found him. It was a perfect play, drawn up well, and then executed by Lamar and Zay. Yeah. It, the other touchdown that I thought the scheme was really good and crafty on was Gus Edwards' one-yard touchdown plunge, which was a huge play in that yeah. game. The Ravens took the lead on that after a really shaky start. Fourth and goal. I thought it was the right call to go for it. You knew the 49ers are going to score some points and, mm-hmm. and move the ball. I thought it was the right call. I said that before <laughs> they snapped that ball. And then really creative play also. Pat Ricard, if you watch that play, really loops outside of Nick Bosa on an inside run. Lamar did a great job of selling the handoff to the outside or selling the quarterback keeper. It was an RPO. Nick Bosa completely on skates. Mm -hmm. He was on skates and, and Gus Edwards charges up the middle. Good block by Isaiah likely on Fred Warner got just enough of them to clear, keep that lane open for Gus Edwards. And it's a one yard touchdown. When you see Nick Bosa on the ground on his hands and knees, pounding the ground with his face in the, in the turf, kicking himself for looking so foolish on that fake. That's always a good sign. Yeah. It's a good sign of scheme. Yeah, uh, exactly. Exactly. And I just think that like what's working, the scheme and the quarterback are, and, and his, creative ability they're married right now and they're working in conjunction with each other so well and i think that's you know that's that's why they're playing so well so i know the mvp is is certainly something that is probably going to be in lamar's future he's leading the way but but more importantly than the mvp is the dog <laughs> i mean the dog <laughs> of the week i mean what do you want mvp or the dog, the dog I, you got to take the dog right you got to so this was a tough one all right i mean kyle hamilton's the afc defensive player of the week how do you not give it to kyle hamilton yeah but this as we said at the top was lamar's mvp christmas night and kyle's already won it twice this will be lamar's second his first in a victory. We gave it to him after the Steelers game. All those drops. It wasn't Lamar's fault. He mm-hmm. played a great game against Steelers. I thought this game by Lamar Jackson, this probably won him the MVP. How do you not give him the dog of the week on his MVP night? I agree. He's a perfect, he's a fitting dog for this game. Exactly. So we got a real contest here for top dog. Because <laughs> we have multi-time winners now with Kyle Hamilton and Lamar Jackson. It's going to be a race to the finish. Yeah. Well, like I said... Congrats to Lamar. I'm sure that this is, he's putting this right up there on the trophy yep. case next to that MVP, you know, in between the future MVP that he's going to get after this season. So I'm sure he's very excited about this news. Absolutely. Well, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the huge, <laughs> big, big <laughs> game coming up against the Miami Dolphins. 
This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. You're listening to the Lounge Podcast, and we're coming to you from the SeatGeek studio. Also, we want to give a shout-out to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is running a promo right now. If you're a new customer, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use the promo code FLOCK, and you get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Again, the promo code is FLOCK only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You need to be at least 21 or older to play and physically present in Maryland. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Do you know a kid that would love to score game tickets and a chance to take the field with their favorite team? Then enter them for a chance to be recognized as a Wawa kickoff kid at a remaining home game. There's two left. So you better get them in now. Yeah. All right. Every home game, one lucky winner will win the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to run onto the field after kickoff to retrieve the kicker's tee and get a custom jersey and a Wawa swag bag. I, I shouldn't say there's two more regular season games left. Let's hope there's a lot more. <laughs> yeah, right, home right. field advantage. Yeah, that's what's on the table this game. That is what's on table, just so fans are aware. If the Ravens beat the Dolphins, they are the number one seed. Home field advantage, first round playoff bye. Big time. Yep. That's big time. If they do not beat the Dolphins, well, A, they could lock up the division before then. If the Browns lose one more game or the Ravens win one more game, then the Ravens win the AFC North division. So that would guarantee one, at least one home playoff. And the Browns play Thursday night against the Jets. So That's if correct. the Browns were to lose that, if the Browns lose that game, then the, the Ravens, Ravens are AFC North champs. That's correct. Uh, but we got our sights set on more than that. Yeah. And that's a win against the Dolphins in that top seed. So this is another challenge against, 
here's the team that's one game behind the Ravens. They have the best offense in the league when you look at yards, points, passing yards per game. Number one in all three. Yeah. One of the best red zone offenses in the league. It's a similar conversation that we, to what we just had against the 49ers. I know. That's that's the crazy thing. It's like the, the, the 49ers game was appropriately hyped up. Yep. Super Bowl preview, MVP discussion, two of the best teams in the league. Like there was a Christmas night, Monday Night Football, like all that stuff. It, it was a warranted hype. Yep. But in reality, this Dolphins game has always meant more to both of these teams, both the Ravens and the Dolphins. This yep. Dolphins game has meant more to the Ravens than the 49ers game did because it's an AFC game and the, and the Dolphins are the ones right on their heels. Yep. And honestly, you can say a lot of the same stuff on the MVP conversation in this game because Tyree Kill is in that mix as well. Yep. And so like... You, there's a there's an MVP vote as we just spent all that time talking about how Lamar has done a great job and may have sealed it. This game will go a long way in deciding that. Mm-hmm. Like if the Ravens win this game and Lamar continues to play well, he's probably got that wrapped up because it's wrapped up because he's it, the Ravens I, are the number probably. one seed. I think if he plays well in this game and the Ravens win this game, it's wrapped up. Yep. But if Tyreek Hill has a big game, all of a sudden it might be another conversation. Right. If he puts up two hundred or right. something and they win. Right. Yeah. Totally. These two offenses have a lot of similarities in terms of where they were born, right? These are Mike Shanahan style offenses. That's You're talking about the 49ers and the Dolphins. Exactly. Kyle Shanahan, was Mike Shanahan's son. Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the, of the Dolphins, who's an offensive you know, mastermind in yeah. air quotes, uh, came from that coaching tree. So a lot of slim similarities. I talked about the pre-snap motion that the 49ers use. The Dolphins now have surpassed them. They <laughs> use the most in the league now. Uh-huh. And so they're at nearly an 80% clip. So we talk about the Ravens' high use of zone coverage against the 49ers. Do they do that again uh-huh. against the Dolphins? Is it a similar game plan? Did we see a preview this past week? The Ravens got practice their game plan for what they're going to use against the Dolphins. I would think that Mike McDonald's going to switch it up in different ways. You can't just trot out the same exact thing, but I don't know. There's similar offenses. Now, what I do think is different about the the challenges the 49ers and the Dolphins pose is the 49ers really had four guys in the passing game that you had to be worried about. Brandon Ayuk, Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey, all big-time receivers that you had to really be concerned with. The Dolphins have two, and one of them might not play. Now, Tyreek Hill is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Jalen Waddell is really, really good, too. He's over 1,000 yards as well already, receiving yards. He's dealing with a high ankle sprain. They're not ruling him out. Mike McDaniel's not ruling him out, but we'll see. Yeah. If he's not playing, that changes a lot for them. Right, and even if even if, even if if he is playing, speed is one of his greatest assets. Like, is he hobbled? Is he 100%? Totally. So, whereas you, you had to worry about a lot of different guys against the 49ers, it's really locking in and keeping a cap, keeping a lid on Tyreek Hill and Jalen <laughs> Waddell if he plays. It's two guys in the passing game. Yeah, in the passing game, and then obviously in the running game is Raheem Mostert. I mean... Right, so the running game, they are thriving their fifth in the league in rushing. Raheem Mostert is, has been a touchdown monster this yep. year, and he's over 1,000 rushing yards, and you have the rookie Devon A-Chain, mm-hmm. who is a big play threat waiting to happen. They can hit a huge play just like the 49ers. They're just like a track. I mean, they're a track team. Like the Dolphins are the track team. Totally. Where they've got Tyree Kill, who's the fastest guy in the NFL, and you have Jalen Waddle, who has great speed. He chains ridiculously yep, fast. Yeah, he's incredibly fast. Mostert's fast. And so you have all this speed out there on the field. And Mike, and then you have a you have a great mastermind putting it all together, Mike McDaniel, who's the head coach and, and built that offense. Right. So, like, they sure. are a dynamic, dangerous offense. 
the Ravens, as I just showed last week, feel like their defense can hang with anybody. They can they can out physical people. They can play, you know, a, a type of defense that. As Patrick Queen said after the game, the Ravens feel like they play a brand of football that people don't want to play. Well, and that's his comment after the game about, oh, these teams, you want to play basketball on grass. You know, we're going to smack them in the mouth and whatever. We don't care about all that stuff. Yeah, that certainly applied to the 49ers. There's an element of that that I think applies to the Dolphins as well. Mm-hmm. And I think Patrick Queen knows that full well. Yeah. A lot of pre, a lot of window dressing, a lot of pre-snap motion, a lot of this gimmicky kind of offensive stuff. The Ravens say, whatever. We don't care about all that. We're just going to out-physical you and and break your your will yeah and of. and honestly like the other subplot of this game is just go back to last year against these guys totally. early in the season the ravens jump out to a big lead and you're feeling great about it's that like game. a runaway and you're like all right okay miami comes here and the ravens are are handing it to them it's a 21 point lead yeah and then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter things fell apart and it was for the first three quarters you keep a lid on tyree kill and you feel pretty good about that and then all of a sudden they start hitting the big plays with tyree being the leader in that regard yeah. and they end up losing that game when tyree kills throwing up the deuces it's never, not good it's never good it's not good and that's what happened in that game yeah now you know that was that was early in kyle hamilton's career he has talked about it you know he got he, he played some wrong coverages there and just get called mental mental busts yeah was not his best game, probably his worst game as a pro. Yeah. And he learned from that. He's obviously a much better player now than he was, you know, what his second game into his career mm-hmm. last season. And I think that the Ravens probably that, that game probably still sticks in their crawl a little bit, I would guess, for the guys who were here. Now yeah. of course Rokon wasn't here. Right. But I think that for guys like Hamilton, for Marlin, other players on this defense, especially in the secondary, they're going to want to avenge that one. Can Mike Florio say that the Dolphins <laughs> are going to beat the poo out of us again? Well, he already he already said that tongue in cheek. Yeah, tongue in cheek that the Ravens would do that. So, you know, I don't know if he's trying to like speak a loss into existence or what. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with you. I think that they probably will say last year was last year and whatever, but they they say that and then after the game, I mean, I'm sure exactly. <laughs> I'm sure that that's ringing true with them and and this is the defense that's playing with their chest puffed out very prideful right now and this is the top offense so they're going to want to prove it again that they are the top now well and to be honest like to me it's less about the motivation aspect of like hey they beat you last year like that's let the, we owe them one mm-hmm. it, sure that is an element, but you can use that plenty of times. You can use that. They use that against the Jaguars and you can use that against the Steelers or whatever. That is kind of consistent to me. It's more of the learnings from that game. Like mm-hmm. from a schematic standpoint, it's like, okay, what did the dolphins do in the fourth quarter of that game that allowed them to score 21 points? And, overcome a huge deficit yeah. don't let that happen again like you got to really look at that to me it's like more of the learning mm-hmm. opportunity there rather than just the motivation piece the, the ravens have done a really good job of keeping a lid on big passing plays this year yeah they've been one of the the league in general has skewed in that direction the league as a whole has said we're just we're not going to give up as much of that now tyree kill you watch his highlights from this year <laughs> that you, you'd think otherwise he's the exception yeah you think otherwise but that's what they've done so well uh tyree kill can turn any play into a big play. It doesn't have to be a long throw. It can be a five-yard slant. It can. He's so good over the middle of the field and then can just turn on the Jets and run away from you. So it's not just that, all right, play deep, don't let him over the top. It's, it's, it's more nuanced than that. Right. The Ravens have done a really good job of keeping a lid on big plays this year. They're going to have to do that against the Dolphins. Yeah, and then uh, do you, what, what's your take? Do you feel like this game has like shootout 
potential? Do you like because well, the, the Dolphins' defense is good too? Yeah, you talk about their offense, and again, like the 49ers, their defense is one of the best. I mean, I mean, this the, is the Dolphins ranked fourth in total defense in the league. The Dolphins, the, the Ravens, and the 49ers, those might be the three best teams in football. Yeah. You can make a strong argument those are the three best teams in football. Yeah, Dolphins would be in, the, or the uh, Cowboys would be in that conversation. The Eagles would be in the conversation, but yeah, I think that like, yeah, but you can make that argument these those are the are three best teams. teams right now. And so when you look at the rankings, it's just going to be like, all right, well, they're good on offense, they're good on defense, and so this is going to be a tough game. Like, that's, they're not weak. Like, they're not, they're a good defense. Well, and the other challenge for this, for the Ravens is, you're coming off a West Coast trip on Monday Night Football. You didn't land until 7 a.m. on Tuesday. Yeah. So you're behind the eight ball a little bit when it comes from a, a rest standpoint and game planning and all that stuff. Now, the coaches will catch up on the game planning. I'm not worried about that, but it's a, it's a tight turnaround. They did adjust the schedule slightly this week. So practice and that's why on, we don't have a player interview this exactly. week. Exactly. It's because the players aren't here until later in the day here on Wednesday. Yeah, so later arrival on Wednesday, walk through on Wednesday rather than a tip <coughs> typically speaking the Wednesday practice is like the most intense most physical practice of the week this week however it's a walkthrough mm-hmm. um, as they're getting back their, their feet back under them after getting back so late on Tuesday morning and they should have additional rest because the fact that this game's kicking off at one o'clock is ridiculous <laughs> by the way yeah I, I mean let's just call it what it is I, the Chiefs we're, we're keeping the Chiefs against the Bengals two teams that just got beat last week <laughs> We're keeping them at four o'clock, the the big time, you know, mid afternoon game uh-huh. for the whole nation to watch. Look, I have no issue with it. Sunday one o'clock, that stadium is going to be packed. I have no issue with it. No, I, oh, I have New a Year's big Eve. issue with it. I know on New Year's Eve, I have no issue. This allows everybody to, All right, to party boy. <laughs> All right, party boy. I have a big issue with it. I want to be partying at MBT Bank Stadium night game, lights flashing on and off. That would be great. That'd that, be lit. That would be great. But this allows you to make a full day out of it. Hopefully, it's a it's a big Ravens win, and then you can just carry that into the rest of the eating for your New Year's Eve plans. Mr. Champagne over there. <laughs> You're Mr. Champagne. I'm salty about it. This is the, the biggest game in the NFL this week, and I think it's going to be a really good game. For the biggest game, you got to get the biggest <laughs> win! Let's go! Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.